Y'all can give it up for the worship team. And before we move into our message today, today is Father's Day. So if you're a father, go ahead and stand up and let's give it up for all of the fathers in the house today. You can go ahead and actually stay standing. You're going to be getting a little gift from us. They're going to be passing it out. Um, but fathers, we are, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the ways that you have chosen uh, hard and you've chosen sacrifice and you've chosen love um, for your families, for your wife and your kids, um, for choosing day in and day out to, uh, to work hard and diligently to provide for your families. So thank you so much. Just wanted to honor you all and say thank you for all of the sacrifice, all of the hard work that you put in being a father. And we need you. We need you in the church. We need you as examples of, of Jesus to your kids, to your wives, to our generation, to our church. And so you guys are immensely valuable here. Um, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful for the ways that you lead um, out in your families and honor God and look like an image of Jesus to uh, the people around us. So thank you, fathers. Congrats, it's Father's Day. I hope you feel honored in this place. Let's give it up one more time for the fathers. And this morning we get a special treat. We actually have Victor, our worship leader, is going to be speaking to us this morning. And this is, I think, first Father's Day with the baby outside. And, uh, and so he's going to get to speak just from fresh fatherhood uh, and get to share with us continuing our series uh, on a heavenly father. So let's welcome up Victor Onoshinko. Thank you guys. Well, I got a special treat for the fathers. Who likes some dad jokes? Come on. You guys ready? All right, I got a couple. Here we go. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? In, in case they get a hole-in-one. Yeah, that's good, that's good. What do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? A tick, like uh, what we have around here, actually. Uh, they're both Paris sites. <laughs> I got a couple more. You guys want more? Where do boats go when they're sick? Boat dock. That's it. You got it. That was good. <laughs> okay. Um, how do you get a squirrel to like you? Act like a nut. That's what I'll try to do up here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm starting with these jokes, too. Just to get in a fun mood, because if I'm not having fun, I don't think anybody will. be Super nervous for me over, from over there. Um, I, got a, I got another joke. Last one, last one, I promise. And I'll save one for later if, if we get back to it. How does the moon cut his hair? Ah. <laughs> Eclipse it. <laughs> save that one for last, yeah. Well, I'm going to uh, introduce myself. I'm a volunteer worship leader here. I'm married to uh, Anna. I don't know where she is, but she, she may make it here. She wasn't feeling too good. 
Um, and uh, we have a son, Judah, who is five months old, and honestly, uh, such a joy, such a joy. I'll get into a little bit more of the revelation that I've received just by becoming a father, but I'd like to say first off that I am honored to be sharing with you guys, because I was thinking about it. At first, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I'm pretty comfortable behind the guitar. It just became comfortable doing that all the time. But holding a mic, I don't know what to do with my hands sometimes. Um, and I just, I just thought, like, actually, like, what an honor it is to be able to talk about the one uh, that saved me, the one that I love. And uh, it really is an honor. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. <laughs> uh, I am, I was born and raised in Bellingham, Washington, and um, some, some of my family, um, well, my parents are from uh, Eastern Europe, or you could say Estonia, Russia, that part, and uh, they moved about like 35 years ago. So I was, I was raised in Washington State, and, and uh, just growing up there, knowing the Lord, but really maybe not being fully surrendered in a sense, like knowing about God, being raised, going to church, but um, just maybe not giving my full heart to him. But uh, until maybe, I would say probably about five years ago or so, to where I know the Lord, I love the Lord, but I'm still holding stuff back, you know? But um, I'll, I'll come back to that in a little bit, but I want to talk about how we got to Arkansas because it was actually a pretty cool story. Um, so, so my, I don't know if you understand the Russian culture, village mentality, I could say, uh, but a lot, my, a lot of my parents and uncles and aunts come from bigger families. I got a lot of cousins, and, um, and um, they were, I guess, wanting to move from Washington State because the weather, the rain, and all that stuff, they're like, we're ready to make a change, and they literally just started saying, like, hey, let's, let's, let's ask God to show us where to go. And uh, began praying. We're doing like a Daniel's fast once a year. And during that time, at a prayer meeting, um, and I just, I'll come back a little bit. I remember my dad saying, like, he could speak to us in any way, like, through a dream. He could tell us directly. He used a donkey in the Old Testament uh, to talk. So he could do it. And uh, during this prayer meeting, uh, just out of nowhere, like, my sister Deanna, she's here, um, she just literally, out of nowhere, this was not, like, this was foreign to her for something like this to happen, but where the Spirit of God, like, literally came upon her, and she started prophesying, saying, like, You're, we're going to move to Arkansas, and there's going to be a church place to uh, be involved in and not just sit around on our butts, and, uh, and, like, that God will make a way and provide for us, basically. And after that meeting, we we're like, what is Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is it, in, is it a country? <laughs> like, not kidding. Not kidding. That, nobody knew about Arkansas. So we started looking into it, and basically, uh, the Lord just highlighted Northwest Arkansas, and we literally moved with our family, and some, other, some of our other cousins also made their way over here from Washington State, and, and and we know that the Lord has literally set this place apart. And you guys are in a good place. Because <laughs> he would tell us about it when we know nothing about it. Like, so, um, I don't know. Some, there's something here.
that the Lord wants to do. And, um, and I want to be a part of it. Um, I'm going to talk about how I got connected here. We moved here. I uh, visited a few churches and was involved a little bit in a couple churches, but basically got connected with Antioch and felt like, okay, these are, I met some people that are like, like-hearted, like-minded, and I want to be all in. And uh, basically got connected. That's where I met Anna. She later moved um, with part of the team, but after I was already connected. So I met her and uh, basically fell in love pretty quickly. We got married like eight months later. So it, it happened pretty quick, and I don't regret it at all. She's amazing. Um, but that's kind of the summary of hopefully that kind of fills you in a little bit about who I am, where I'm from, and um, I guess I want to talk about, let me pray before we go into what we're going to talk about. I want to uh, talk about the ultimate father. Like, we, uh, we're celebrating Father's Day today, and, uh, but there is a ultimate father, and we're in the series of a heavenly father, and Jeremy talked about the roles of a father and, and how he fills those things, but Today, I kind of want to focus on maybe more of his heart and uh, his love towards his kids. And uh, I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you that you didn't leave us, that we're not orphans, that you have adopted us into your family. I pray that you would uh, speak to us through your word and reveal to us your truth. In Jesus' name. Um, before I go into some scripture, I want to address, like, it's kind of ironic. We're celebrating Father's Day, but I want to address the, the problem a little bit uh, with how much uh, fatherlessness we actually are experiencing today. Like, I looked up a stat, just curious, uh, but according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 18.4 uh, million children, so that's like one in four, lives without a biological or a stepfather in the home. Like, it's pretty crazy reality. And, like, I know that some of us in this room have experienced that. And, like, I don't know what, like, your story looks like, but I just want you to know that that despite that, like, there is still a Heavenly Father that loves you. And uh, I want to I get into more of that and, and uh, talk about the love of God. So I don't know, like, your relationship with your father and uh, what that could look like, but I know 100% of us in this room and actually in the world, like, desperately need to know the Heavenly Father. Like, there's nothing like him. Um, he's a father who accepts us, who affirms us, who knows us. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm just encountering him right now. So. <laughs> I don't usually cry. You guys might know that. <laughs> he says that he's pleased with us.
I'm a mess. <laughs> Might need another joke. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> Why don't eggs tell jokes? They'd crack each other up. All right, back to the serious note. I should have had more jokes, because I don't know, I'm running out. Might have Larry Google something for me. But I'm gonna uh, share a little story of uh, basically my father. So he, uh, actually I grew up with a great father figure, and he, uh, he really exampled well uh, a father who was selfless and loving. So I'm really thankful for that. And and, and uh, maybe, like, I put maybe a little too much trust in, and was maybe a little too secure growing up. In times where, I, like, I want to share this story of when we lived basically 45 minutes away from a ski resort, and we went um, skiing that day, my dad, my brother Pavel, and I, and uh, one of our uncles, and one of my older brothers as well, Vlad. But basically had a full day of fun, and we're skiing on the rope section, and then my dad and my uncle got away to say, like, hey, before the day closes, we want to go, like, on our own. Try, like, something a little more complicated of a, of a slope. So, because we were, like, I was, like, 10. Um, anyways, they get away. We go back to the car. And, like, an hour or two go by, and we're, like, what's going on? But they're not back yet. They're, like, shutting down the mountain, and my dad is gone. Like, my brother Vlad comes by, and he's, like, we can't find him. And like that reality hit me of like, oh shoot, did I just uh, become fatherless? You know, like did I just lose him? Am I like, because my identity was still very strongly affected, and um, by who the role that he filled in my life. But my example and my point is like, where I was like crying, weeping, kind of like how I was a second ago. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was just crying and like, oh man, like the reality of like, like that's it. We came up here with a dad and we're leaving without him because nobody could find him. And um, like a couple hours later of that, just feeling that, like they finally found him, like some guy on a snowmobile had to go look around the mountain and they decided to go on a black diamond slope. If you don't know my dad and my uncle, like, no, like they're not ready for that. <laughs> like. They're not ready for that. And basically, long story short, they did find them. And then that feeling of like, oh, wow. So, like, I, I am not going to be an orphan in a sense. Um, my dad was found. But the, 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 what I want to share by that is like, what it hit me, like what it could feel like. Like, all of us truly, our earthly fathers could never fill that void in us of like, that, that sure, like, they can bring security in, uh, throughout our childhood, but when we grow up, like, we could still feel, like, fatherless. Like, having a father, we could still feel fatherless in a sense, because they can't meet that need of a heavenly father. And that's kind of what I want to share by that, is, like, actually the, like, our revelation should, that, that revelation should hit our hearts, like, we actually were adopted into his family, and now we no longer have to feel that way. of like, we're fatherless. So I'm going to read uh, out of Ephesians 5, and it's, where it's, it's going to talk about 
God adopting us into his family, but God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I'm going to read that one more time. I'm going to read most of the things in here twice because I, I, was, I wasn't prepared for a super long message, so I'm trying to drag it out. Or, or you guys might beat uh, some of the other churches to lunch if I end earlier, if I read once. Your call. Yeah, uh, I'll read that one more time. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. So Jesus was the way that he brought us back. But he wanted, he wanted you individually. Like, he wanted you. He wants to bring you into his own family. He doesn't want you to feel like an orphan or alone. And it says, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So you give him great pleasure, according to the Bible. Jesus uh, basically uh, makes a way to the Father. So there's other passages that will uh, confirm that and talk about. So John 14, 6, where Jesus says, uh, he replies to, I think it was like Thomas, but he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, now we know like our, our way back home, in a sense, is through Jesus Christ. He made a way. He paid that price. He, uh, he died and bled so that we could be purchased. And that the price that he paid for you and I was very high, like his blood, his life. And uh, I'm going to read another passage, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the, God, uh, the good news that God saves you. So this is good news. So hopefully what I'm sharing with you guys is going to be good news to you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give you the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So like our state of heart should be like, wow, like God, thank you for adopting us. Praise and, and, and hopefully it brings glory to God when we recognize the, the revelation of what really took place and what happened. But over here, it says the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance. So the, the proof of adoption is his Spirit. When we believe in Christ, we receive his Spirit. Also, another example of, of the Lord showing uh, that we were invited into his family is uh, when he teaches them to pray, when they ask him, like, Lord, teach us how to pray, he says, our father. He didn't say, like, my father. He says, our father. So he's bringing them in, like, this is, this is for you as well. Like, this is your inheritance. And, like, we could also think about, like, why did Jesus come to the earth, like, other than to save us and bring us in, right? And this is really, this is really good news, like, like, awesome news, like, that I think should strike every one of us. 
that we're now in his family. Like if we put our faith in him, we believe in him, like we become children of God, like sons and daughters of God, and we're no longer orphaned. So I'm going to uh, talk about a little bit about how when uh, Judah, our son, was born, like, it's kind of interesting. You'd think, like, maybe I would slowly grow into maybe loving him a little more every day. But when he was born, it was as if I had a whole new part of my heart that was just for him. Like, I don't know if, if what it's like to have more than one kid. I'll, I'm going to learn. So, but you guys know in the room, like, it's almost as if you grow a new heart for everyone, right? It's like you can love them fully with, with like, this love that, it's like, it doesn't take away from loving your wife or something like that. It, it's literally like a, a heart that's for you, and I feel like that is God's heart. Like, and he will individually have a place for his heart for every one of you guys. Um, like, I also want to talk about how, like, Judah can't mess up his status as a son by what he does or doesn't do because before he could do anything right or wrong right like he was my he's my son like for us to think that we can mess something up with God is silly because before we can mess something up he already chose he loved us um so his love we know like is unconditional it's kind of like I was, I was kind of telling this to Anna earlier today. It's like, it's like me telling Anna, Anna, like, if you fulfill these chores today and get this stuff done, like, you're my wife. <laughs> Is that pretty silly? Like, Victor, if you do something good or bad, like, you can't be my son anymore. Like, I don't think that that's, that's God's heart for us. So it's, I, I want that example to show, like, it's, some of the things we believe are pretty silly, actually. Pretty silly. So we know God's love is constant, doesn't change, and his love for you won't either. Like, not, so did Jesus work for God's approval, like, before God said that? I don't think so. Like, um, Jesus' ministry, before he, like, actually started doing things and co- coming into ministry, we, we learn and we see um, in Matthew 3.16 where he was baptized and came out of the water, water. But I'll read this passage in a second. But he hears his father's approval, like, before he's doing all the things, the signs and the wonders and, and all the other stuff. But, like, and, and it was, uh, like, a custom and it still is in the Jewish culture. I'm not an expert in this, so you can look it up yourself to validate what I'm saying. But they'll like, um, like bar mitzvah or something like that, is is where they they come of age and maturity, and they're in a sense their their father is validating them, and then saying like you're actually old enough to step into what I taught you, or what I raised you to know and do. So. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, 
This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. To receive the father's heart is to receive his love and pleasure apart from our performance. I'll read that again. To receive the father's heart is to receive his love and pleasure apart from our performance or what we can do for him. Religion lives to love religion lives for the love and pleasure of the father instead of from the love and pleasure of the father. Like when we believe that we can do something to earn from God and it'll make him love and be ple- more pleased with us is a lie. So like that's what religion wants us to to believe and live in and walk in, but the reality is because we're loved, because we're accepted, because we're his, we can live out the things of a mature believer, of a mature son and daughter of God, where we could walk things out on earth and represent our father well. So the Old Testament, so uh, before I get there, I'm going to talk about how Jesus reveals the father in John 14, 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and is it enough for us? Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and you still do not know me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So by, by, by this here, we can, we can receive and, and believe that Jesus' life modeled out was a, like the perfect representation of the Father. Like sometimes we look to the Old Testament and we can still capture parts of God's heart. But like, do we believe that we can capture parts of God, God's heart or what he's like more through the Old Testament than t- just looking at Jesus' life and the way he walked and modeled it out? Like I believe that uh, even here it says, like if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus says that. Like, so basically the Old Testament, the law and prophets show glimpses of God's, um, of God's heart, but Jesus revealed his heart fully, what he's like fully. Because there, there we find scripture, him saying, like, I don't speak on my own behalf. Like, I say what the Father is saying. Like, I don't do things on my own behalf. I'm, like, doing what the Father is doing. Right, like we'd see that Jesus is modeling out a son. Like he has relationship. He's walking out of relationship with the father. And Jesus is our example of what a son could look like, but also represents the father to us as well. Like the image of the father to us. And um, the question you might have is like, does God love me as much as he loves Jesus? And I want to show you through scripture that, yes, he does. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. I am in them. This is John 17, 23. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that you, that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. I'll read that last part again. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So there's one, one passage that does talk about that. Like, 
So that lie of like, am I loved as much as Jesus is loved? Like that could be broken today. Like you could start receiving like, I actually I am loved and the father loves me and I'm in I'm hidden in Christ. I'm, I've, he's made a way for me to come boldly before the father. So I want to talk about uh, mature sons and daughters and and I think we see that perfect example in Christ. Like, he didn't just point to the Father saying, like, he's coming or these things like that we've kind of seen glimpses of in the Old Testament. But he actually models out what the Father is like. He's raising the dead, healing the sick, um, freeing the people that are oppressed and, and, and held captive. Like, he's doing those things because he knows what the Father is like. So we know that the Father's desire, the Father's will, is for us to be free, like, loved. And if, 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 we're, if, if we see anything short of what Jesus modeled out, like, that's not his will, not his desire. Um, so we could be confident, and when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we could be confident that he does resemble the Father. And we, we could be confident with what the Father is like. Um, I'm going to, I'm kind of like, I guess close to wrapping up, but I want to talk about a couple more things and maybe do like a little exercise of just renewing our mind. Um, but I'm going to read out of John 4, 7 through 8. And it's, this is a passage that, where it says that God is love. John, 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And I want to tie this in with the next passage we're going to read. Um, a famous passage. 1 Corinthians 13, where it's saying that love is patient, love is kind. Um, I'll read that, and then I want you just to take a second, and um, after I read that, we'll, we'll, I guess I'll explain it in one second, but love is patient. So this is like, this is talking about God as well. Like, we're not just reading what, like, earthly love is. We're, we're, we're reading here, using scripture to interpret scripture, saying God is love. And now we're reading a passage of love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Um, so just take one second, like, I mean, like one minute. And I want you guys to reread this and read it one time where you replace the word love with, with God. You could say God or Father. Like, you could say my Father is patient, my Father is kind. And then read it again and try to receive this, like let it hit your heart. Because, and, and read it in a way like to yourself where it could hit you and maybe like you could say, like, my father is patient with me. He is kind with me. He doesn't envy. He's, 
not boasting. He's not trying to be bigger than me in a sense of like, you're little. Like, he's not putting us down in this, is what I'm trying to say. He doesn't, my father doesn't dishonor others. So if he doesn't dishonor others, why would he dishonor you? He is not self-seeking. And we've seen that by his life modeled out. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrong. Like that's, that's what he's like to us. Love does not delight, so our Father does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects. He always trusts. He hopes. He always perseveres. Like, I'll let you read that for maybe one time without me trying to explain it. Sorry. Like, what would happen if we could catch on to this truth and, like, literally believe it and live it out? Like, I think that it not only changes our world and, like, the people around us, but it can actually affect, like, everything. Like, and the invitation is for us to live out mature sonship and mature, as mature sons and daughters, like, like, he's made a way, he's, paved a way and paid a price for us to really come to know him and live out what he's like right now and not wait for some day in the future. Like his, his power, his Holy Spirit are, is our helper. He wants to transform us. If there are things that, that are hurting, maybe like wounds and all these things, he wants to heal you. Uh, whatever it is, whatever need you have, like he wants to meet you there because he is this loving father that we're reading about. Like, he really does care about you individually. And he doesn't want to leave you where you're at. Like, he wants, he wants you to, to, to be healed, to be whole, and to experience what he paid for. Like, and it would actually, it will bring him glory and bring him great joy to see us stepping into sonship, and to see, see us as mature believers walking out what it looks like to know God, know God, and like model, like Jesus modeled it out for us. We have a great example of a son, and we, and we now know the Father more because of it. But for our response, I don't know, like maybe there are people in this room that just need to hear that, like those words that the Father says, like, you are my son, and I'm well pleased with you. Like if you need to hear that, we're going to 
we're going to, in a second, we'll, we'll play a song, and, um, and we're going to have the life group leaders and maybe the ministry team uh, come up here, and if you just need to hear that, like, we'll believe on behalf of God that they will, when they speak out those words, that, like, maybe it'll hit you, and you'll receive it, like, that you are his beloved child, son and daughter, and that he is well pleased with you. So, I'm going to pass it on to Larry, and and uh, if if you sense that in your heart today, like that you need to hear that, then out of faith, just come up and let someone speak that over you. And I believe that God wants to do something in your heart today. Thanks so much, Victor. Let's give it up for Victor. <laughs> In the band, you can go ahead and come up. If you're a life group leader or part of the prayer team, if you want to come up here to the front to just be open and available to pray uh, for anyone and just speak exactly what he said over over people, just saying, I'm well pleased with you, uh, then go ahead and come up. Um, if you, or if you're on the core team, we only have two people. So um, if anyone else wants to come up uh, that feels confident to pray over people, we would love you to come up. Um, and be a part of it. But I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to go into a last song of worship. And, man, some powerful truths shared today, um, and so simply and so clearly. And so if, if you need to respond to what God is doing in your heart, don't miss the opportunity. If you need to get prayer for something, even if it doesn't have to do with the message today, don't miss an opportunity to come up and get some prayer this morning um, from somebody. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to go into worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are a good father. And you're well pleased with us. And thank you that there is nothing that we can do to separate us from your love. Your love is constant towards us. It's for us. It's not partial in any way. So we say thank you, God, for your love. And we ask that, I should ask that every single one of us in here, that we would receive your love again today. Fresh, new, untainted, unfiltered by anything in this world or the things that we've seen from our earthly fathers. I ask that we would receive um, your raw, pure love again this morning, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.